This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ, iowacatholicradio.com, and everywhere you are on the free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Welcome in, everyone, to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. The good, the true, the beautiful. It's that last one, though, that I think we don't talk enough about. And it's that last one, beauty, that some say will save the world. But what is it? What is beauty? And why does it matter so much in our Catholic life? My guest today is here to help us with that, the Associate Director and Associate Professor at the Liturgical Institute in the Archdiocese of Chicago, Dr. Dennis McNamara. Hello, Dr. Hey, John, good to talk to you again. I didn't put in there author as well. You've authored some books, correct? I have, yes. Yes, and and, uh, some that are very, very good and very popular as well when it comes to the subject of of beauty. Let's get right into it. What is beauty? Well, in the tradition, it's a little slippery. Generally, it's described as being the attractive power of the truth or the splendor of the truth. Uh, It's that about things that are true and good that makes them delightful and uh, sweet. And... um, you hear that a lot, and people say, well, I don't know what that is. Uh, but if you read Thomas Aquinas, he lays it out a little more clearly, and he says, we call a thing beautiful when it reveals itself in a way that is so full that it's the same way God understands the thing. Hmm. And so we get to un- understand the way God understands, which is a relief from the effects of the fall, because of the fall we don't understand as we ought to. And that's why it's delightful. That's why the truth is delightful, I because like we are understanding with the mind of God. When it reveals itself, I'm writing this down right now. When it reveals itself in the way God intended it to be, and the way God understands it, and the way God we get to know as God knows the reality of a thing. That's good stuff. Is beauty in the eye of the beholder? Well, in a way, it is, and in a way, it's not. Um, in the what they call the the realist tradition or the Aristotle Saint Thomas Aquinas tradition, uh, beauty is in the object. It's it's an attribute of of being. So. You could say, well, is the blueness of a car in the eye of the beholder of the car? Well, not really. The blue is in the car. It's the paint of the car that's blue, and we perceive it. However, if you have cataracts, you might not perceive it properly. So Hmm. in a sense, you you perceive beauty in your mind, but the place that it begins for you to perceive it at all is in the object itself. So that's why we talk about objective beauty. It's in the thing that you perceive. So give me a couple of examples. What, what is beautiful, like inarguable, that Dr. Dennis McNamara, the, the premier voice here, would say is just objectively beautiful. I don't care what anyone else says. This is it. Well, in this world, nothing is perfectly beautiful because the world is fallen. Hmm. So the, the answer always is Jesus, right, of course, because he is the perfect revelation of God the Father, God the Father being beauty itself. He's not just the most beautiful thing on a scale of beauty. He is beauty itself, just like he's truth itself and being itself. And so they describe Jesus as being most beautiful because he most reveals what God's Father is. He he has seen me, has seen the Father. So uh, whenever we make something on earth, say it's a statue of an angel or something, the more it reveals what an angel is, as God understands it, as an angel is in its own perfection, uh, the more beautiful we'll call it. If we make an angel that looks like a demon, it's not a very good angel because it's not revealing angelness. Or if we make a tree that looks like a car, it's not a very good tree, even though it might be a good car. 
And so you have to know what a thing is. This is what we call ontology, or the study of the nature of a thing. That's your favorite and, word. Uh, the big ontology word, O word. Um, <laughs> but if you don't know what a thing is, you don't know what it should look like. And if you don't make it what it looks like, then you're not revealing it. So it's very complicated at one level, but very easy at the same level, too. Know what it is. That's what's true about it. And then make the thing reveal that truth. And when it does it fully and delightfully, we call that beauty. Can an experience be beautiful? Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. Uh, moral acts, any kind of acts in the realm of human life can be beautiful. So if you take care of your child in the middle of the night when they're sick, that's a beautiful act because you're ontologically revealing fatherness. That's the job of a father to give himself over for his, his son, daughter. Mm-hmm. And so that's a beautiful act. And it's morally right. So it's also good. And because it, re- it reveals the relationship between you and your son, it's also true. So goodness, truth, and beauty are all there. But, you know, if you do it grudgingly, you like curse your little baby out because he's crying in the middle of the night. But that's not a beautiful rendition of the truth. <laughs> it might be true that you're taking care of the baby, but it's not a good way to do it. So if you make it reveal love, fatherness, sonness, filial relationship, then it's beautiful as well as good. Do you think beauty will save the world? Yeah, well, Dostoevsky said that because he said Christ is the, the, um, the, the man, the God-man, who brought beauty back to humanity. So whenever a thing doesn't reveal what it is, it's less beautiful than it ought to be. And humanity didn't reveal what it is because of the fall. And so we're supposed to be glorified, we're supposed to be perfected, we're supposed to love God and love each other, and we're not. But because Christ became man, he brought that order back to humanity and sort of fused it with us. Cardinal Ratzinger says it was like a giant leap in evolution, but at the spiritual level. So we were more of what we were supposed to be, and Christ, who is that beauty, uh, saves saves us and saves the world. So beauty in that statement is just another name for Christ. And there have been times, I, you know, in, in places, I think the ocean does it for me, where I just stop dead in my tracks. You know, I mean, it's just beautiful. For, for me, just kind of seeing uh, the abundance of what God can do right in front of me. Are there places for you like that as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, the world is despite being fallen, is still a beautiful place because it reveals what God wanted it to reveal. That's why we get so worked up when we see pollution or environmental degradation or cutting down forests, because we know the world should be more beautiful and therefore treated properly. Uh, But you can take that to an even higher level. And if you go into a beautiful church, for instance, and you might see mosaics or paintings on the walls of the new heaven and the new earth and angels and saints and vines and leaves and flowers and peacocks and the saints and the angels, that's a different kind of beauty. That's actually a sacramental beauty of uh, the time when the world will not be fallen anymore. So natural beauty is excellent. Supernatural beauty is uh, even higher. The most beautiful church you've ever seen. Boy, that's a hard one. There's so many, uh, so many beautiful. Only one. You get one. That's like asking a parent, which is your kids? Do you like the best? There's so (laughs) many many good ones out there. Um, I guess probably one that rises to the level of uh, theology that I teach all the time is the famous Sainte Chapelle in Paris, the little chapel, the Holy Chapel, that was the uh, reliquary chapel built to house the crown of thorns. And it's very famous because it has these big stained glass windows and it's almost all stained glass. So when you go in there, it looks like you've gone into this giant box full of gems, which is how heaven is described as being made of radiant, colorful gems who are the, the saints who are like gems, the living stones. And so that one really shows you that reality of gem-like perfection that God sort of promises us uh, through the book of Revelation. Do you, uh, 
do you go into a church and and just kind of look at them? Is it hard for you when you go into different churches and you know you see things? You, that's beautiful. That's you get distracted by the beauty of it. Well, in a way, you know, if it's actually beautiful and it's actually churchly, then it's not a distraction because it's in the nature of the liturgy to be in a beautiful place. Sure. What's more distracting is when it's not beautiful mm. because I say it should be this and it's not that. Why did that architect do that? What did the pastor think? What, what committee decided that? Right. Why did they waste their money on that building? And instead of just resting in beauty, which is what beauty does, uh, you get distracted. And it's funny to think that beautiful things make you rest. It doesn't mean it puts you to sleep. In fact, it's the opposite because if you're constantly wondering, why is this church so ugly? You're not resting. You're doing this work of trying to understand. But if you just go into a beautiful church and you just say, ah, churchness, it's like a a jacuzzi. If you go in the jacuzzi and it's not bubbly and it's not hot, you say, what's wrong with this thing? If you get in a jacuzzi, that works. You just delight in jacuzzi and it's less distracting than one that doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Hmm, I like that. Dr. Dennis McNamara is my guest. If I only read one of your books, what am I reading? Well, if you want uh, sort of high theology I would say it's called Catholic Church Architecture and the Spirit of the Liturgy. But if you want what I call bathroom reading for church architecture, which is just very casual <laughs> reading, uh, it's called How to Read Churches, A Crash Course in Ecclesiastical Architecture. I like that. I like that. Where can people get them? They're both on Amazon. Uh, that's the, probably the easiest place to get them. There you go, friends. I, You know, I just don't think we talk enough about it, Doctor, and, and I think it's important that we continue to do so. You're doing that, certainly leading the way there at the Liturgical Institute. Give us a plug. What is it, and why should people go there? Well, it's a graduate program in the study of liturgy. That's worship and the sacraments of the Church. Cardinal George started it uh, about 17 years ago because he wanted people not just to know the history of liturgy, but to know how to pray it, enter into it, mostly to encounter the things of heaven, because... The Catholic sacramental system is when you encounter things, you're changed by them. And part of the encounter is to know what you're encountering. So fullness of expression, fullness of understanding leads to sanctification. And if we're sanctified, God's glorified. And that's the whole story right there. Sounds good to me. For all of it. Liturgicalinstitute.org? You got it. All right. There it is. Liturgicalinstitute.org. Dr. Dennis McNamara can be your professor. Thanks so much, doctor. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Don. So there you have it, friends. Beauty. And it can save the world. And you hear it. But it's important for us to be able to learn about it. And it's a constant learning. It's not just something that we hear on a podcast and just kind of go about our way. I want you to dive deeper into it. Get Dr. Dennis McNamara's books. And if you want a little bit more, I want you to check out the Liturgical Institute. They're doing some incredible things. Friends, make sure to share this and other episodes of Your Catholic Life on Facebook and Twitter, inviting your friends to take part in the show. Visit our website, yourcatholiclifepodcast.com as well. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm John Leonetti signing off here on Your Catholic Life. Remember, the only way to happiness is by holiness. Friends, be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.